Hello and welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 45 with Brandon Langford. Uh, this is a uh, episode that's kind of a long time coming. I appreciate Brandon. He's been uh, very supportive of the show and the site for a long time. So um, it was really great to have him on and learn a little more about uh, his background and the things that he's geeking out about. Um, just has a kind of classic student affairs story, which is always nice to hear. Um, kind of reinforces that pattern of uh, this field finding the right people for it uh, that are committed to doing good work. Um, so, uh, yeah, just uh, check out all the stuff that we mentioned in this episode down in the show notes. And uh, after this brief message from our sponsor, this is episode number 45 with Brandon Lankford. This episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast is brought to you by Top Hat, the teaching app that makes active learning come to life. Top Hat helps thousands of professors create their perfect course. Our app is easy to use and allows you to engage your class, adopt next generation textbooks, and run tests, all within a secure digital environment. See why faculty in over 700 colleges and universities across North America trust Top Hat to power their classrooms. Visit tophat.com slash geek. That's tophat.com slash higher ed geek. Longtime friend of the Higher Ed Geek podcast, Brian Leduc, has launched his latest project in the form of a course called Student Affairs Futures. Check out studentaffairsfutures.com for lifetime access to this growing resource on the impact of AI, changing demographics, and the future of work on the student affairs profession. Exclusively for listeners of the Hired Geek Podcast, he's offering a discount for the first 50 course enrollments. Use the promo code HIREDGEEK50, that's all one word, for 50% off the course, that's a $250 value, and prepare your career for the emerging future of student affairs ahead. Right, yeah, opening and just like getting everything set and... Yeah, like the first uh, first couple of weeks always being you know kind of high impact time as well but um so yeah i'm sure we will uh talk more about all that stuff but um yeah we'll just uh go ahead and get started here and uh, so yeah if you just want to give a brief introduction of yourself um and kind of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today awesome well my name is brandon i'm currently working here at uc santa barbara as an assistant resident director um, I grew up in the small town of Barstow, California. It's in the middle of the desert. Most people know it as a really good gas station on the way to Las Vegas. Um, so that's where most people realize where I live. Um, and yeah, I grew up in the desert, uh, fourth generation born there. So uh, the phrase, it takes a village, really played a role in that because everyone knew who I was um, from my family being there for so long. Mm-hmm. Um and when I was getting ready to choose colleges, I wanted to stay in California, but wanted to get enough distance away, but still close enough to where if I had to go home, it'd be easy. Uh, so I picked UC Santa Barbara and came to school, um, got a degree in music with ethnomusicology as my focus. Uh, loved it so much, I decided to stay. Um, I was an RA here for three years and got involved with RHA and the National Residence Hall Honorary, and really housing played a good role in helping me decide I wanted to do student affairs. <laughs> and so here I am working at Santa Barbara. Very good. Um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, kind of the common pathway for many folks. It's, uh, yeah, just because, you know, it's just that pathway that I think people can, you know, find a lot about themselves and their leadership style, their, you know, how they work best on the team and, um, you know, just being able to do impactful work 
that perhaps you benefited from as a student and, uh, you know, kind of getting back in that way and it being just a great, a great generalist role to jump off from whatever you may do next. So, um, yeah, it's always cool to hear, you know, uh, folks finding their way uh, into that. And uh, I guess, yeah, if you want to, you know, just talk a little bit more about that kind of origin story while you're at, uh, uh, you know, St. Robert there as an undergrad, like what were aspects of the things that you were involved with that are really impactful for you? You know, like any lessons that you learned that are still, you know, resonating with you today? Yeah. Um, I think one quality that I learned from high school that I took with me is to get involved as, in as much as possible. Um, and the first thing I got involved with here was uh, really a hall council. And uh, my RA came up to me and did the R, classic RA move going, hey, what are you doing? I need you to make time for a meeting. You don't need to go to class on Tuesday nights. You, you should go to hall council. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I should do that. Um, and so I really got involved there, and that's where I got my first taste of student leadership. Um, I started going to these hall council meetings, learned how to do Parley Pro, um, learned how to do all that uh, really uh, financial process that we have with student fees and everything like that. And I liked it so much, I started seeking out more things on campus like that. And so my undergrad years really reflected that with me joining the National Residence Hall Honorary and then eventually becoming like a vice president of recognition for them, um, joining the Residence Halls Association and becoming the equipment supervisor, and then becoming ultimately a resident assistant here uh, for three years and um, applying for our assistant resident director job. Um, all those really tied into the lessons I learned were really just to get involved and really explore your campus and get to know the students and really just start a dialogue and start talking to people. Um, but I think one of the biggest things that I learned here was uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. <laughs> um, I came to this university and it's like the population of my town. <laughs> And that really threw me for a loop because I knew every single person in my town and not a single person really here except for maybe a handful. And so not being afraid to just step out and ask a question or reach out for help when I needed it um, was probably the biggest lesson. Um, the other one is, you know, use your mentors. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a wide variety of mentors here all throughout housing and student affairs, and they really helped me to find myself. And I really appreciated that because I think a lot of people get focused in fixing and really trying to, how can I help you fix this? And those mentors really said, how can you help you fix this? And that was completely new to me. They keep saying in our department, uh, one thing we go over all the time, you have your own best answers. And that's so true. <laughs> and so I, I tell my students that all the time. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good because I think that just those like those adages, those lines are just you know it's just a way to kind of like yeah like crack these sort of because I, I have all these sort of like formulas of how the world is supposed to work and how do I fit into it. But then if somebody yeah just like those one lines and it's just like oh you know it's epiphany. I, I didn't think of it that way and it just like you know yeah. maybe just plants the seed that helps you to really um, reshape and reframe how you. Uh, look at things and interact with people. And, um, well, I guess, you know, it seems like it from, you know, your, you know, the origin to your origin story, you know, yeah. just where you grew up in your hometown, like, you know, maybe just gave you the familiar familiarity or comfort of, you know, like you said, you knew everybody and just like, you know, reaching out and getting that help even when you were at college, like, 
in, you know, you just found, especially the, the value of involvement, were you like involved in high school? Like, like what, what shape maybe did that take? I know for me, that was like, it was a world apart of just like, I never did anything in high school, very limited kind of social circles in college, just, you know, yeah, allowed me to branch out, experience new things, grow and learn, become more confident as a leader and a person and all that. So I guess, did you have like a transition like that? Or were you building on stuff that you're already kind of uh, nurturing within yourself, like, you know, growing up in, in your hometown? Yeah, I mean, back home, I'm still known to this day as quite the band geek. Uh, I was section leader. I marched in the marching band. So I think that was really what gave me uh, the initial leadership and comfortability to go and seek out things. Um, um, my music teachers were always pushing us, you know, uh, be social with each other, uh, especially as a section leader. Um, they really forced us to step out of our comfort zone to, you know, you have to lead the section now. And you have to communicate with the other section leaders. And I think that's what really gave me my, I guess, my focal point in high school to step out. And then I started, you know, trying to get more involved. I got my first job. I worked at a Foster's Freeze. Um, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, and that forced me to, you know, talk to customers on a daily basis, uh, polite and rude. <laughs> um, and so that was a unique skill, too, being able to, what happens if a, a customer is even getting all rude in my face and I have to fix something uh, versus a, a customer who's really just giving me a compliment and how do I interact with that on the same day sometimes um, and then joining clubs like Key Club and stuff like that while I was in high school really allowed me to step into uh, who I am in college and really gave me the voice I was looking for and gave me the skills I needed to really tackle the university. Well so all of that you know is leading you to where you are today um, so I guess just talk a little bit more about what's really enjoyable for you, you know, what you're really connecting with right now in terms of your current work, and then we'll um, kind of move on from there. Ah, so my current work, uh, assistant resident director, it's uh, housing. Um, I'm a live-in staff member here, and it's wonderful, and at the same time, uh, always draining, as I'm sure you know, working mm -hmm, in housing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, what I'm working on right now is uh, I think – Something I love about this position, this is my second year doing the position here, is working with a completely new RA staff. And so I've never had the same RA staff, and I love that because you get freshness, you get a bunch of different leaders from different backgrounds, different cultures, and you really get to navigate, okay, how am I going to work with this team? How are their styles different from mine? And that's something I'm really looking forward to uh, in a few weeks when we start our RA training. Um, and then that way we all go into the year, same page, and we get into it. Um, something I also like is interacting with my, my coworkers because, again, they're all housing people and they can come from all across the, the nation, sometimes the country. And so really tapping into uh, people from the East Coast, for example, uh, which I've never worked on the East Coast and seeing how their processes work, it really gets me really engaged and really how can we apply these things. Um, and then something brand new to this year is we have a residential curriculum in, being implemented in my specific area for um, our housing. And what does that look like? And reading a bunch more of, um, you know, academic articles and theories and student development. And um, how is that going to interact with uh, the processes that we have in place now? And so that's what I'm really excited for and looking forward to for this academic year. Yeah, it's really cool seeing when you're on a team, yeah, where people... Um you know, you might have kind of the camaraderie of you're like all out of towners or something, or just like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, they're bringing like unique perspectives and experiences and all that. And just like, you know, 
kind of utilizing that and maximizing that versus, you know, trying to fit everybody to the, you know, one kind of mold or something. It's, you know, uh, everybody has their own unique strengths and uh, yeah. should be sort of encouraged to, uh, you know, to use those. So, um, very cool. Well, uh, that all sounds like good stuff. And I know, um, yeah, I think I, I sort of, uh, have seen you just engaging a lot with what we've been, uh, doing here on social media. So I assume you kind of have, a maybe it is just sort of the, the band geekiness or, uh, you know, ah. some other form of kind of geekdom, you know, what, how does it take shape for you? Like, what are you geeking out about currently? Um, and like, is it stuff that you've always been into stuff that you've discovered recently, but yeah, it just seems like my impression of you is that you're somebody kind of, you know, resonates with, uh, kind of what we're doing here that really is kind of integrated, uh, that into your life and stuff. So I guess, uh, yeah, what's really kind of capturing your attention lately. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, I'm a huge geek, uh, and I was super nervous about coming to UC Santa Barbara, who I thought nobody was a geek here. Um, I had no idea what to talk about or anything like that. I'm huge on Marvel. I'm a huge Marvel geek. I collect comic books. I've been collecting comic books since 10 years old. And um, I happened to cross Tyler Miller, who is an assistant director here when I was an RA. And he goes, do you know who to talk about geek stuff with? I'm like, no. And so I found his office, and I showed me everything like from Batman family to uh, the green lantern and how it intersects with philosophy. <laughs> and from there he showed me this uh, blog and podcast and really, really gave me like an outlet to express like uh, being a geek in, in this field because uh, there's not a, at this point I was just searching for someone to talk about, Hey, do you think Ray has Luke Skywalker's lightsaber in episode seven or no? <laughs> mm-hmm. I was looking for people to have those conversations with and through that outlet uh, really got me talking to some people who are really geeky. And um, Marvel is probably the biggest one I'm, I'm a geek about, especially in intro to Spider-Verse is coming out with uh, Miles Morales, especially that's one of my top people. Uh, I'm super excited for that movie. Um, really excited for in Infinity War and Ant-Man and the Wasp, the more recent additions to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, really excited for Fantastic Four returning to the Marvel comics. Uh, super pumped about that. Currently reading uh, Champions and a lot of other uh, Ultimate Spider-Man and stuff like that. Um, also really into anime currently, uh, specifically Hunter x Hunter and My Hero Academia. Uh, really phenomenal shows, really really phenomenal animation and just uh, really into it and reading all the manga currently and just getting into it. Um, and then, of course, just uh, being a music major, I'm really obsessing about music. I have my top five that I always listen to, so I'm always listening to Muse, uh, Coldplay, uh, Hall & Oates, uh, Frankie Valli, and Herbie Hancock, and then really exploring um, new music coming out, uh, especially with uh, artists like Mac Miller and... Uh, other people who have recent albums that just came out, um, and then also weirdly obsessed with Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've not seen that movie yet, but I feel like uh, <laughs> at this point, since it's like out everywhere, because sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, you know, there's so many movies. Like, if I'm able to make time or like pay to see in the theaters, I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to rent that one eventually because uh, yeah, it seems like it's a pretty interesting premise. But um, yeah, just a wide array of uh, geeky interests. Because I know for me, it's, it's tough sometimes. We're like. I think video games would probably always be the like. There you go. It's the longest running one, <laughs> like, and so that you know, I just it varies interest or whatever. But then like, TV and movies is very close behind. But then like, music has always kind of been pretty low, um, geekdom. Like, I'm not a huge reader. 
Um, mm. But yeah, like I'll still get into comic books and Spider-Man is definitely my all-time favorite. And I'm very excited for that animated Spider-Man movie to come out. Um, yeah. uh, and um, yeah, I mean, a lot of similar stuff. Yeah, Star Wars, Marvel and all that. But um, yeah, and I guess, it, yeah, it's the idea, like you were saying, like finding those people that you can talk about your interests with and bond, you know, maybe that's just your foot in the door and you can kind of build a relationship out from there. Uh, but also like engaging with things that have kind of deeper meaning and like you're saying, like connecting them to philosophy, you know, or, or whatever it's, you know, looking at things with a critical lens, trying to kind of, you know, get that deeper meaning from, you know, this, this person's art, you know, the person who, you know, wrote it and illustrated it and, did all the stuff like that's their art and they put some meaning into it and certainly sometimes stuff is not the highest of quality it might have been rushed and that's you know yeah. always the kind of bummer of like you get too much uh you know kind of behind the scenes but you know a lot you know a lot of the really good stuff out there you know it's, it's some stuff that's been out for a long time and you can just like explore these really great stories and you know talk about them with people and stuff so um, always nice to uh find those communities and those people uh, uh share that uh share that with um well, I guess, is there any examples or anything that comes to mind for you in terms of how these interests that you have, you know, over time or anything, you know, kind of more recent memory, just like how do you see your hobbies and interests positively contributing to your life? Um, yeah, most definitely. I think the first time I really integrated it uh, into like stuff that I currently did was when I was an RA and I was trying to figure out what to throw as programs. Um, and I found that a lot of people were kind of not coming to my social justice or diversity programs. And a lot of people were coming to like my movie night program and stuff. And I was like, Oh, I wonder what would happen if I like kind of fuse the two. And so that's something I did with comic books uh, that I kind of use now as like one of uh, these lenses that I try to educate and have conversations and dialogue with people is um, diversity and social justice in comic books. And so I think that's one thing that really started me to integrate all my geek stuff into like the work I do and my personal life more. Um, Cause I was able to talk about like hypermasculinity on Luke Cage versus just here's a lecture on hypermasculinity. Here's some articles. Let's talk about it. And nobody knowing what hypermasculinity is versus me going, Hey, do you see on this page where Luke Cage always loses his shirt? Like why doesn't Superman get to lose his shirt? <laughs> uh, and just doing really really basic concepts and approaches through uh, a diversity and social justice lens, but just adding those characters that they already knew and talking about uh, the shows that they're currently watching and the movies that they're currently doing and showing that um, what the comic book industry looks like more than just the colorful pages that we read. Uh, and so that was the first kind of step that I really took uh, into integrating it more. And now I can have conversations with people like, Miles Morales is coming into the theater. Let's see what that kind of looks like, uh, being multiracial and working uh, in that aspect of being Spider-Man as well. And then you have Spider-Gwen in the movie too. Uh, what is that going to look like? And so you have all these great comic books even now that are being integrated um, with these movies that we're seeing. And it's, it's phenomenal because now you get to have those dialogues and conversations with people. Um, I'm thinking of uh, Thor now with Jane Foster being Thor. Like that's a great example of i wonder if they're going to make a movie of that because i would really love to see more stuff like that i would love to see kamala khan coming out in, in film um i would love to I, i'm super excited to see this uh teen titans uh, live action thing um coming out and hopefully they do more stuff like that where we're getting a little bit more uh 
throwing out some old school stuff, but at the same time showing the new school and how effective it's really being at having these conversations and just stuff we like. Uh, I think that's one of the cool things about like uh, comics in particular and Marvel, which I love, is um, social justice should be social. <laughs> and they're making it really easy to have conversations about these heroes. Very good point. Um, and yeah, I think the best sort of comic book superhero, whatever sort of genre things, whether it's, you know, kind of the comic books themselves or movies, TV, yeah, it's like take the best from the old school, sort of yeah. take, take away any of the kind of problematic stuff and like just update it for the modern era because like to a certain extent you don't have to reinvent the the wheel entirely, but, you know, you can maybe like do away with some of the baggage or, yeah, just like problematic elements of it or something. Um, just make it, you know, more sort of uh, relevant and engaging uh, premise for, yeah, like a, a current time. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, yeah, you know, I think that's right on in terms of just like, I think it's come up a lot in the podcast of just like utilizing the kind of familiar aspect of pop culture to have these difficult conversations where otherwise it might yeah, just be uncomfortable and people aren't going to willingly always kind of submit themselves to that. Or it's like, okay, you've just had a bunch of kind of proper academic experiences in your classes, which is great. That's, you know, the setting for it and all that. Um, but then being like, oh, yes, let me just go to essentially another lecture at night or something. It's like, oh, no, I'm just going to go hang out and, like, you know, watch a movie or talk about a movie or talk, you know, like, it, yeah, it just it, it hits in a different angle, but it still is having really positive outcomes in terms of getting people thinking about the stuff that they should be and talking about it and all that. Like, so, yeah, it's definitely... Uh, really beneficial tool uh, to have the conversations that, uh, you know, we as people should be, should be having. Um, but uh, I guess, yeah, you mentioned a lot of, you know, good stuff that we'll link out to in the uh, show notes that you're um, consuming right now. So I guess um, anything else noteworthy, maybe um, uh, kind of connects, I guess, to a last question, like, you know, maybe if it's stuff that's, you know, coming out, you know, that Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse uh, maybe is you know, going to be coming out later. Um, but yeah, just anything else specifically that you'd like to, um, uh, to highlight, uh, in terms of just like stuff that you're reading, watching and, or listening to. Yeah. I mean, uh, I do quite a bit of comic book reading, so I'm not going to send out that huge <laughs> <laughs> wormhole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I, I think one book that I always, I, I love rereading over and over and, and you did a phenomenal job actually, uh, putting it in the blog is uh, geek wisdom, the sacred teachings of nerd culture. Mm. Uh, and I, I just I love that book. You know, it's very applicable to just daily things and uh, integrating it with the things we love, like Princess Bride and Star Trek. Um, so that's a phenomenal book to read. I, there's also this book uh, I'm really into, uh, uh, just reading friends' work. And there's also a, a poetry book that I'm currently reading called The Love I Give by Morgan Vincent. It's phenomenal. And she was someone who worked over here uh, at UC Santa Barbara, and I just love reading uh, colleagues' works and stuff like that. Um, currently watching, yeah, definitely. I think I said mostly what I'm watching already. Um, but, yeah, Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, you got Star Wars Episode Nine, of course, coming out uh, uh, rather soon. And you have uh, Red Player One, if you haven't seen it. Uh, uh, definitely highly recommend watching it. It's a pretty great film. Uh, also reading the book, too. That's a phenomenal read. Um, and, yeah, that's currently what I'm really into right now very good very good um well then we will uh, wrap up the episode here on the optimistic note of just like you know maybe just broadly thematically or anything with your job anything 
that you are looking forward to in your job, life, and or the world? Such a big question, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think one thing I'm looking forward to, and at least my my job right now, is just getting the year started. You know, we were talking earlier, uh, right now it's kind of my training, getting ready for the RAs to come, and then full-on move-in, and we're having, you know, thousands upon thousands of students living in our housing, and I think this is the most packed ECSB has been in a while, so... Um, really looking forward to just getting the ball rolling, making those meaningful connections with our residents through the residential curriculum we're implementing and uh, really supporting the RA staff and really just tackling it with my colleagues and my resident directors and really going the full mile and see where the the road takes us. Um, For the world, I think I'm just mainly excited for all the geeky things that are coming out. Uh, Really just looking forward to all those connections I'm making and uh, really highlighting uh, just genuine conversations and dialogue with people. And excited to see where that takes us, and hopefully it takes us to a conversation about geek culture. Yeah, I think sometimes it's like, yeah, just the kind of fandom communities themselves, and trying to make sure we're kind of pushing those forward in a positive direction. And like, how can we utilize? Like we're saying like you know different representation in media or something to have conversations or tell stories that um, you know resonate people resonate with people in a different way. Um, and just like highlight different experiences. So yeah, it's, I'm, I'm always the, you know, eternal optimist. I feel like, you know, things are always getting better and, you know, it might take a long time, but it's like just making sure we're, you know, actively trying to push things forward and make that change and, you know, advocate for it and, um, make sure we're having important conversations. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, things certainly just within, I mean, the past decade in terms of just like media and everything is, dramatically improved so it gives me a lot of faith for the future but um so yeah i mean all really great stuff really appreciate you sharing your path and the things that you're getting into and um all the great recommendations i think it gave uh, a lot of folks uh, good homework to uh to dig in with so um yeah just best of luck getting the uh the year started here and uh yeah, thanks for your time and uh, all that you shared yeah thank you so much appreciate it This podcast is part of the Connect EDU podcast network, bringing together diverse voices in the higher ed community. Check us out on Twitter at ConnectEDUPod or at ConnectEDU.network. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.